some more, give me some more, give me some more. We thank, thank those brothers, brothers for coming and singing. Praise to God on this morning. Be finding John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Verses number one and following. We are thankful for those who are here this morning and for those who are watching us by way of social media. We thank you for being with us on today. We hope that this service would be one that would draw you closer to God and have you to examine your hearts, soul, and your salvation that it is pleasing unto the Lord on this morning. John chapter 20, verses number 1 and following. The Bible says the first day of the week. Is that in your Bible? The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene. Early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher of the grave site. And see it the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. And said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher. And we know not where they have laid him. Did you catch that? And we know not where they have laid him. Now, of course, John writes a little different than the other writers. And he writes and he only shows Mary Magdalene coming to the gravesite. But when you read the other passages of Scripture, it is not just Mary here. It is a number of women who have come to the gravesite of Jesus. Verse 3, the Bible says, Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. And the other disciple whom Jesus loved is to be that of John. Verse 4, so they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter. We see Peter was not as fast as John. John outruns Peter and came first to the sepulcher and he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and see it the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. This morning, for just a short while, I want to talk on the subject, Sunday is a big deal. I said Sunday is a big deal. Here in the text, it was early one Sunday morning that Mary and the other women came to the gravesite of Jesus. And when they came to the gravesite of the Lord, they saw that Jesus had been taken some way, somehow out of his grave. Now understand that there was a large stone that was rolled at the mouth of the tomb of Jesus. But that stone was rolled away. Now, just anybody just couldn't roll the stone away because of the weight and the size. But here, when the women came, they were concerned about the body of Jesus. And not only that, you see that it was only sister girls that was here at the gravesite. There were no men with these women. They were by themselves. You know, it's amazing. I don't care what faith you look at, what, what religion you look at. 
The women outnumber the men. I'm reminded that Jesus, when he comes on the earth, when he takes his public ministry, he goes out and he chooses 12 disciples. It is one thing about I learned about Jesus is that he's always going out to the men, but the women just come to Jesus. Y'all not going to help me with that this morning, huh? He goes out to the men, but the women comes to Jesus. Mary Magdalene, in whom she had, I believe, seven demons that was inside of her. Jesus cast those demons out of her. Remember when she comes to his feet, she comes with an alabaster box. She's crying tears. The Bible says she takes her hair and she wipes the feet of Jesus. Women just come to the Lord. Remember the woman who was suffering with the issue of blood for 12 long years. Jesus didn't come to her. She followed a founder and gave herself to the Lord. It is something throughout the Bible. Women just come to the Lord, but Jesus has to go out or get men or heal them. I don't care what religion you look at today. The women outnumber the men. Hello, somebody. It is something amazing there, when Jesus, if, the men, if anybody should be first, it ought to be the men. I said, if anybody should be first, it ought to be the men. And Jesus, the Bible says over in the book of Colossians, we don't have the time to go there. But there was nothing that was made that was not made by him and was not made for him. Nothing on the earth that was not created, that the hands of Jesus did not touch. The men should be first because Jesus created the man from the dust of the ground. It was Adam who was first. When you go over to the book of Timothy, you will see that there Paul writes. We usually go there when we talk about leadership in the church. Women cannot supersede over the man, right? Usurp the authority is what the Bible actually says. And we usually run there, right, men? Come on and help a brother out this morning. We usually run there to show that men are to lead in the public worship of the church. Well, if they are to lead in the public worship, they are to lead in everything else. Because the Bible says that Adam, you check it out in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I believe. He says, Adam was created first, and then Eve, and then he says... Adam was not in the transgression, uh, but Eve was. Hmm. He created you first. But it's funny that in every faith, every religion, you'll find the women outnumber the men. Somebody say, what the men had? They're hiding behind the tree. I don't have the time to deal with that this morning. But they're hiding behind the tree. Well, the text says that it was the women who came to the grave of Jesus. Matter of fact, when you study the scriptures, it was the women who supported Jesus financially. It was the women who was following the Lord. I know you read about Matthew, John, and all the other brothers but I'm telling y'all, the women was close by Jesus' side. In this text over here, the Bible says that they ran and told Simon Peter. And they told John, that disciple in whom Jesus loved. They told him that they'd taken the Lord away. I'm just glad this morning, church, that when they told Peter and John that they didn't just brush it away. I'm glad that they found it in their hearts to go down to the gravesite. They probably wouldn't first, but they still found it in their hearts to go down to see for themselves. They probably wouldn't first. 
they still went down there because they did have love for Jesus. They probably wouldn't first, but they were concerned uh, about the Lord's body just like the women were concerned uh, about the Lord's body. Brethren, I want you to know, I know the women can't lead us publicly, but there's a number of things uh, that we men can learn uh, from the sisters. Growing up as a boy, you know, Easter, Christmas, and Mother's Day in the Lord's Church. You know, where I come from and where I grew up at, that was kind of belittled. That was looked down upon. We don't celebrate Easter. We don't celebrate Christmas. We don't celebrate in that way the Mother's Day. Easter Sunday. Palm Sunday. Ash Wednesday. Early rise service. Y'all gonna help a brother out? When I was coming up, the church looked down on that. We did not, we did not celebrate like denominationalism did. We said Sunday was just a regular Sunday. I'm telling you how I grew up. We said that's just a normal Sunday. Ain't no Sunday bigger than the other Sunday. And what we have done what we have done to our Sundays is we have watered down our Sundays. We have minimized our Sundays. We have decreased our worship and praise while denominationalism has increased their worship and praise. We have made our worship and praise small uh, while they have maximized theirs. Uh, we have minimized uh, ours. Uh, we have taken out the spirit out of the Lord's church. Mm. And I'm not saying we ought to put crosses on the churchyard during Easter. I'm not saying we ought to put purple ribbons around the church doing Easter. I'm not saying we ought to come on Wednesday and get our ashes cross our foreheads, but I am saying though we may not take their action, we ought to take their attitudes. I wish I had a church up in here with me this morning. Sunday is a big deal. No, 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 no. Sunday is a big deal. We have watered it down so much so where you actually have members of the Lord's church deciding whether or not they're coming to church that Sunday. They're choosing, well, you know, I'll go this Sunday, but I won't go the next Sunday, you know, and wake up early Monday morning uh, and go to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. All I'm telling y'all this morning uh, is Sunday to the church of Christ is a big deal. It's a big deal because Jesus got up on a Sunday morning. It's nothing normal about Sunday. It's nothing regular about Sunday. The Lord didn't make it no normal Sunday. We did. He didn't make it a regular Sunday. We did. While denominationalism all over the city of Baton Rouge, uh, cars are flooding uh, the parking lots. Why? Because today is a day that they have made special in their minds. Uh, but to some uh, of the members of the Lord's church, it's just a regular old Sunday. Oh, y'all not going to say amen, but it's right anyhow. Sundays is a big deal. Not only he got up on a Sunday. But the church started on a Sunday, on the first Pentecost, after the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the church started on a Sunday. Acts chapter 20, the Bible says the church in the scriptures met together every Sunday. Today, God still gives us the mandate and the commandment to meet together every first day of the week 
But what we have done in the church, we have minimized our worship day and denominationalism have maximized theirs. And we say, we are the church of Christ. Who is quiet up in here? Doing Corona, doing Corona, the churches of Christ were planning how we can meet without meeting together. When denominationalism was breaking the law of man to meet together. Whoo, you quiet this morning. Preach, Brother Viltz. How in the world, when we claim to be the church of the Bible, and we figuring out every way not to come together. But they breaking rules of the law to come together. And they are denominationalism. Preach, builds. You ain't got the same in as right anyhow. And I'm not saying, uh, and I'm not saying, uh, that we should not give reference and respect to Corona. But I think you get what I'm saying this morning. If they can break the law. To come together in person and we figuring out how we can stay away from each other. Ooh, preach, Fields. Boy, I tell you, Brother Brown, I think we should have kept that big pulpit up here. I'm a... Sunday is a big deal. I said Sunday is a big deal. When Jesus got up, the Bible says he got up with all power in his hands, in heaven and on the earth. When the church started on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, it started with the power of the Holy Spirit. When they met in the book of Acts, every worship, every experience recorded in the scripture you can still see the active power of the Holy Spirit in the church in the 21st century. Where's the Holy Spirit? Where's the active power? Where's the change from the inside out? The longer God allows this world to go on, the weaker some members are going to become. That's why the scripture says, when he comes back, will he find faith on the earth? I'm telling you, that's a powerful scripture. It is because the Lord knows that there are going to be some people who are going to lose their faith. And they're going to walk away from the things that they know to be true. Well, I'll give you these three points, and this lesson will be, be yours. Sunday is a big deal. It's not just a regular day. It's the Lord's day. Oh, let's go to point number one. Point number one. Sunday ought to be revered. Sunday ought to be revered. You ought to respect Sunday. You ought to give reverence to Sunday. It, it, it ought to be held in high regard. The Sunday. I already told you Jesus got up on Sunday. I already told you the church started on Sunday. I already told you the church and the Bible met on Sunday. I already told you the mandate is still given to us today. But I want you to know in Revelation chapter number 1 and verse number 10, what we'll do in the church is this, is we will look at the worship hour. But we'll miss the day. He didn't say in Revelation 1.10, he didn't say I was in the spirit during the worship hour. John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. What some of us will do, we will come to the worship hour and forget about the Lord's day. As long as we came 
to the worship hour. We can do what we want on the Lord's day. I want y'all to know the whole day belongs to the Lord. And when I was coming up as a boy, we respected the hour, but forgot about the day. Y'all, the Sunday is the Lord's day. The whole day belongs to him. A number of churches meet at 10 o'clock throughout the country, right? Some meet at 9 o'clock. Some meet at 8 because their churches are larger. They'll meet at 8 and they have a worship service 10, 30, 11 o'clock because they're larger. Here's the deal. It is not just the hour that we must respect. We need to respect the whole day because that is the only day that is called the Lord's day. It is the first day of the week. It's not normal. It's not regular. It ought to be a day that you and I live in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Hmm. Ah. Uh, it's reverent. It's revered. It ought to be respected. When you come up in the house of God, or should I say ask the house of God on Sunday morning, because this is just the building where we meet, the house of God meet in this building. Now, we can meet anywhere. The house of God meet. When we come up in here, you should not be worried about where you're going after service. You should not be thinking about where you're going to eat after service or what you're going to eat after service. You should not be running around the church talking to this person and that person. You should have your mind. You should have your mind. You should have your mind on the Lord, ready to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, I'm not saying you can't say hello, good morning, how you doing? But y'all, your mind should be focused on worshiping God in spirit and in truth. When we come together, it ought to be turned into a place of reverence, a place that is revered, a place that is respected. We should be able to see the high regard giving to the Lord when we come here on Sunday morning because Sunday is a big deal. And if it ain't big to you, it ought to be big to us because all of us belong to the Lord. I want to show you something. Uh, Get for me. Get for me. Uh, well, I'll hold that point there. I'll go, I'll go there in just a little while. I want to show you something in there. When we come to service on Sunday, because we honor the entire day, we honor the worship. Because we honor the entire day, we honor the worship. Sunday is not tied into worship. Worship is tied into the Sunday. The entire day is given to the Lord. And we give ourselves to him on that particular day. Why? Because he got up. He got up with all power. Because the church started. It started with the power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts, you see the power of the Holy Spirit through the lives of the churches in the book of Acts. And then you still see the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of you and me. Each and every day of our what? Of our lives. We ought to be able to witness the Holy Spirit in our lives. Holy Spirit is something that when I was coming up, it's almost like the church was afraid to talk about it. Hello, somebody. And I heard the Pentecostals and the full Gospels and, and, and all of them talking about the Holy Spirit. And we would ever hardly mention the Holy Spirit. It's like we were scared to talk about the Holy Spirit. It's almost like we had done away with the Holy Spirit in our lives when it's the Holy Spirit that lives in us. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us to become the husbands, the wives, and the children, and the people that God wants us, what, to be. Without the Holy Spirit, we ain't nothing but just regular people. Church, the Sunday, are the revered, 
the Lord's day. I'm almost done. Point number two. Point number two. Sundays ought to be ridiculous. I said Sundays ought to be ridiculous. <laughs> Somebody said, now preacher, where you going with this one? Sundays ought to be ridiculous. You know, when you look at God, it's nothing normal about him. It's nothing regular about God. You, you can't say God is just a regular God. How are you going to say he's just a normal God? God is not normal. God is not regular. You, 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 you don't speak of God as being normality. You don't speak of him of being a regular God. No, no, no. That's what, that's what the heathens do. But I want you all to know today God is ridiculous. God gives us ridiculous love. Boy, I wish I had a church up in here. It's nothing normal about his love. It's nothing regular about his love. It's ridiculous love. God gives us ridiculous forgiveness. It's nothing normal about his forgiveness. There's nothing regular about his uh, forgiveness. He, he gives it to us uh, ridiculous. God, God wants us to sing ridiculous. Our singing should be ridiculous. Our praise should be ridiculous. Our preaching should be ridiculous. Our praying should be ridiculous. Our giving should be ridiculous. When we take the Lord's Supper, our minds ought to go back to the cross because what happened on the cross wasn't just regular. It wasn't normal. It was ridiculous because Jesus died on that cross when folk were making fun of him on the cross. You be the son of God. You save others. Let me see you save yourself. What he did, he extended to all of us a ridiculous kind of love. And the same love he extended to us is the same ridiculous love he wants to extend to each one of us on today and one of us to another on today. Let me tell you something. When the world crosses you and they do you something wrong, what you do? You scratch them, right? That's what you do. You scratch them off your list. They betrayed you. You scratch them. If somebody in the church does that to you, you can't scratch them. You got to show ridiculous forgiveness. Y'all ain't going to work with me this morning. You got to show ridiculous kindness. You got to show ridiculous love. You got to tolerate them. You got you to gotta deal with people who may be carrying weight in their life. The Bible says that we ought to what? Bear one another's burdens. Y'all, we got to show ridiculous love to each one of us, not just on Sunday, but every single day of our lives. We ought to live ridiculous lives. It's nothing regular about our lives. It's nothing normal about our lives. We ought to do and keep trying to do, even though we want to quit. And even though we want to throw in the towel, we got to keep on keeping on. We got to set our aim. We got to fire, a fire at the target. I want you to know that ain't nothing regular about Sunday. Sunday ought to be revered. Sunday ought to be ridiculous. But then my third and final point, Sundays ought to be repeated. We ought to repeat Sunday. You ought to repeat Sundays. Or you ought to repeat Sundays. When I look at the scriptures, when you look at the ridiculous side of the worship, get for me Acts chapter 4. No, 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 no. Get for me Acts chapter 2. Give me verse number 47. Acts chapter 2, verse number 47. Watch this over here. The Bible says what? The Bible says what? Stop right there. The Bible says praising. Praising God. We have forgotten about the praise. We're so concerned about the five acts of worship. We've forgotten about the praise. I wish I had somebody up in here with me this morning. The Bible says, I'm telling you about the church in the Bible. The Bible says, praising God. It's almost like we're afraid to praise God. Go on and preach, Brother Viltz. 
It's like the spirit have left the building. Praising God. That's in your Bible. And the book says, and having what? Favor with the people. And because of the praise and because of the favor, the Bible says, and the Lord did what? Added to the church how? <laughs> because of the what? The praise. And because of the favor, you can have the praise and no favor and you won't get no addition. He says the praise and the favor. In other words, you got to involve the people. You got to involve your community. And the community in Jerusalem saw the praise of the church. And because they were in favor with the community, God added to the church daily. Get for me Acts 4 verse 31. Acts 4 verse 31. Acts 4 verse 31. Watch this here. Watch this here. Acts 4 31. Watch. And when they had prayed. Do you see it? The place was what? And when they prayed, the Bible says the place was what? <laughs> were they where they were what? Together, and they were all what? With who? Now, y'all, that feeling right there is not Acts 2 and 38. That's not the receiving of the Holy Spirit. This is the feeling of the Holy Spirit. That's two different things. I don't have the time to deal with it. But he says, and they were all what? Filled. With what? The Holy Ghost. Is that in your Bible? They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spake the word of God with what? Boldness. They were speaking boldly because they had been filled. That's not the receiving of the Holy Spirit. They already had the Holy Spirit. But God filled them with the Holy Spirit that enabled them to speak boldly of Jesus and the church. When they came together, all they did, y'all, was what? They prayed. The place was shaken. I wonder when we come, when we pray, is our lives shaken? Are the people we're praying for, are their lives shaken? Let me tell you something. You cannot be filled with the Holy Spirit when you're filled with some other spirits. Is this the church of Christ this morning? You can't be filled when you are already filled with something. You're going to have to make up your mind whether or not you want to be the church or you want to be something else. You can't live like the world. You can't sound like the world. You can't look like the world. You can't do like the world. You can't act like the world and still be filled. Y'all ain't going to work with me this morning. See, the only way we're going to change stuff is we're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to change us. How are we going to help change the world when we are looking like them with no change at all? Fathers, you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Mothers, you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Single ladies, you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Single brothers, almost sound like Beyonce this morning. Single brothers, single brothers, you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to change you. Y'all you, not going to work with me. I'm telling you, we can't change the world if the Holy Spirit and changing us. Ooh, I thought somebody was going to be shouting this morning, but I, I was all wrong about it. I've been wrong before. I see I'm wrong again, but it's all right anyhow. The Holy Spirit is going to have to fill us. If we're going to help change this world, we can't change everybody. You, you can't change all you kinfolk. Uh-uh. You'll kill yourself trying to do that. 
You can't change all your coworkers. You can't change all your friends. You, you can't change all, you, you can't, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it is getting more difficult to change our relatives. Everybody got religion now. It, it is getting harder to change your coworkers. Back in the 70s and the 80s, it was a little bit easier. But I'm telling y'all, it is difficult to try to change people today, even when you're telling them the truth and they're reading it for themselves. What you're saying, preacher? Just because you can't change them, don't let this world change us. Remain faithful. I, I, I said remain faithful. Even some of the children who grew up in the church ain't faithful no more. Look, 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 you used to know, you used to know who was going to be here on Sunday morning. You knew, oh, brother so-and-so, I know he's going to be there. Come around 9 or oh, about 8.30, he's going to be rolling up in his truck. Oh, I know sister so-and-so going to be here about 8.45, 8.45. Here she come, here she come. You can't do that no more. You don't know who coming to church on Sunday. Y'all ain't going to work with no preacher, but that's all right. The Bible says, and they speak the word of God with boldness. They speak the word of God with boldness. Get Acts 16 for me, verse 25. Acts 16, verse number 25. Acts 16 and verse 25. Acts 16 and verse 25. Watch this here. And I go to the left because that's what shows on the social media uh, on the left-hand side. And don't make me look crazy by looking on the right. It's on the left-hand side in which they see uh, the screen. on the. So if you keep seeing me go to the left and not the right, it's not that I'm biased, but this is how it looks on social media. And at midnight, at what time? Midnight. They weren't smoking pot. They weren't drinking high. They weren't chasing nobody's skirts. But at midnight, are, are y'all listening to me this morning? But at midnight, watch this. Paul and Silas is, is in prison. What are they doing at midnight? Midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang unto who? God. Watch this, y'all. And I told you in Acts 2, praising God and having favor with the people. And the Lord did what? Added. Here in Acts 16, they prayed, they sang praises unto God, and the prisoners did what? Heard them. Give me the next verse. Give me the next verse. The Bible says in verse 26, and suddenly, and suddenly there was a what? Great earthquake. Remember Acts chapter 4? Remember Acts chapter 4, verse 31? They prayed and the place was shaken. Here in Acts 16 and 26, and suddenly there was a great what? Earthquake. They were praying uh, and they were praising God uh, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken and immediately all the doors. Let me tell you something. Uh, when we get our lives together, y'all ain't got to say amen. It's right anyhow. When we get our lives together, when we start praying to God, when we come up in here and we start praising God. And let me tell you something. You ain't got to wait for 10 o'clock to start praising the Lord. You don't have to wait for the Sunday morning to praise the Lord. You can praise him in your house. You can praise him in your car. You can praise him anywhere. Uh, the other night I was, uh, and, and I'm up 2, 3 in the morning working out in the house, right? So I'm up walking around in the house, and I got my headsets on, and I'm doing my little stuff in the house, and, you know, I'm preaching to myself, and, you know, and, and I don't want to sound loud in the house, right? But when you got the earphones on, you know, you can't really gauge your, your voice. And, you know, my wife, and I'm, she come calling or FaceTiming me while I'm doing my workout and while I'm talking. And she, you know, I know what she's going to say before she said, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm, forgive me. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be loud. But I'm praising God in the house all by myself. But I got to respect the other folk who's sleeping at 2 o'clock in the morning. When I should be, I know what you're saying, I should be, but I'm in my house. Amen, somebody. At 2 in the morning, at 3 in the morning. But I'm just rejoicing. I'm just feeling good about Acts 16. I'm just feeling good about Acts 4 and 31. I'm just feeling good about Acts 2 and 47. And I'm praising God 
all by myself at 2 o'clock in the morning and doing a hit type of workout in the house. You don't need nobody to praise God. You can do it all by yourself. The Bible says it was shaken. When we pray and when we start to praise God from a holy temple, God will shake out. <laughs> he will shake out of our lives what don't not need to be there. He will shake out when you start praying for folk in the hospital. The Lord will touch people. When we start living for Jesus. Ooh, I wish I had somebody up in here. When we start living for Jesus. <laughs> when we start living for Jesus. God will work miracles in our lives. You're not working with me this morning. You got to put Sunday on repeat. I said you got to put Sunday on repeat. You got to put Sunday on repeat. Sunday is just not a regular Sunday. Sunday is a big deal. And until you make it a big deal, it won't become a big deal. You and I got to make it a big deal. Sunday is a unique day. Sunday is a special day. Sunday belongs to the Lord. Sunday is our day. We ought to look forward for Sundays. We ought to look forward to seeing each other. On Sunday, Sunday is a special day. It's the Lord's day. It's a unique day. It is a special Lord's day Sunday. Oh, church, I'm telling y'all, got to look forward to it. While I'm taking my seat on this morning, while I'm taking my seat, the thing about us is it's hard for human beings to duplicate a Sunday. You know, you might look for that song leader to sing like he did last Sunday. You might look for the preacher to preach a sermon like he did last Sunday. It's hard to duplicate a Sunday. Hello, somebody. It, you, 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 it's hard to duplicate Sundays. We, it's hard for us to repeat the Sunday. Therefore, we got we to gotta lean on the Lord and have God repeat God. Oh, you, done, you missed that. You miss that. We can't repeat it. You know why we can't repeat it, Brother Wilson? It's because we're human beings. And when we come to church on Sunday, sometimes our praise is high and sometimes it's low. Oh, I wish I had somebody with me. You don't always feel the same. Our praise and worship is based upon our experiences last week. And though somebody experienced joy, somebody else experienced sadness. And you see, when you come to church, your experience bring about your emotions. Your emotions bring about high or low energies. You see, while somebody in the corner can shout because they have experienced joy in their life. Somebody in the other corner is crying because he has experienced sorrow in his life. But it don't make no difference whether you are on a high or on a low. You can still worship the Lord. I know that's true because Job lost all of his children, all of his cattle. And the Bible says that he shaved his head bald. The Bible says he rent his mantle off. The Bible says he fell on the ground. And the Bible says he what? Worship God. Don't tell me you can't worship God out of grief. You can worship God out of grief. I said you can worship God out of grief. You can worship God out of sadness. You can worship him out of joy. It, listen, everybody is not feeling the same this morning. Somebody is hurting physically. Your, your knee hurt. Your toe hurt. You might have a headache. You probably can't do what the other person can do. Somebody else is happy, but the other person is hurting. The other person is glad. 
but the other person is wondering about how will their life go this coming week. But listen, when we come to church on Sunday, that's the one day that God is going to put God on repeat. I need God to do what he did for me last Sunday. I need God to do for me what he did for me the following Sunday. You see, I may not look for Brother Fisher to be what he was a Sunday or two ago, but the Lord God is always the same. He is the God of heaven, and he changed not. Every Sunday, God is going to put God on repeat, and he's going to do what he did the Sunday before. He's going to show up for us to worship him in spirit and in truth. And whatever you stand in need of, God is going to provide you with what you need. You know, I want you to know something this morning. You know, some people, when they become Christians, you know, we have, have the, the wrong, wrong understanding, understanding sometimes. sometimes. Some, some people, people actually believe that when, when you become, become a child of God, all your problems are going to stop. Mm-hmm. Some people believe every time you pray, God going to answer your prayers the way you want it to. Y'all, some people believe that Isaiah 53 and uh, in the book of Matthew, where it talks about we are healed by his stripes. Some people believe that when they're sick unto death, that based on those scripture verses, that they got to get healed. Let me tell y'all something. That's not what those scriptures are teaching. Come on. Y'all not going to work with me this morning. That, that's not what those scriptures are teaching. I said that's not what the scriptures are teaching. We are healed by his stripes. He has healed every disease. But that does not mean that you and I will be immune to every sickness and every disease and every bacteria and every virus that comes to our life in this old world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We're going to suffer just like everybody else. But Thomas Foster, one of the preachers of one time at the church there at Fitward in Houston, is sick now fighting for his life. His organs is failing. Gospel preacher for Lord knows 50 years or so, serve a number of churches, is dying. Are y'all listening to me? Let me tell you something. Just because you serve God 40, 50, and we hope the Lord bring Brother Foster back. Amen. But I want you to know, when you get sick, that's not guaranteed you coming back. And we think that when we pray that, 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 that this person is coming. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Some people are going to die. Some people God is going to touch divinely, and they're going to get up from their sick bed. While others, we're going to lie in the ground, and we're going to weep, and we're going to mourn, and we're going to grieve. But keep trusting in the Lord, because though we can't put Sundays on repeat, God is going to put God on repeat. And the Lord is going to bring us through. And God is going to save us, and God is going to bring us to that place where Jesus went to prepare for us. I don't know what death is for you. You don't know what death is for me. But death is just around the corner. And just around the corner might be 10 years from now. Just around the corner might be 20 years from now. But just around the corner might be 20 minutes from now. And I stopped by today to tell you. It's not when you die, it's how you die. And one thing we know is we all going to die. We don't know when, but church, Jesus got up early Sunday morning. You know what I could hang my hat on this morning? Is he got up. Y'all not working with me. That's what we hang our hat on, y'all, is he got up. If he didn't get up, then why are we here? If he didn't get up, then why were you baptized? 
If he didn't get up, then what hope are you looking forward to? If he didn't get up, you and I don't have no shot. The reason why we keep doing it over and over and over and over again is because of what Jesus done early one Sunday morning. He got up, and he got up with all power in heaven and on the earth. Church, because he got up. Paul says if he didn't get up, then our living for him would be in vain. Church, we can do what we do because Jesus got up. Your grandmother died. If she died in the Lord, you ain't got a thing to worry about. She going to get up when Jesus come back. Your spouse died. You ain't got a thing to worry about. If they died in the Lord, when Jesus come back, they going to get up. I don't care if they sprinkled your ashes across the Mississippi River. When the Lord comes back, the Bible says that you're going to get up. And all them ashes, they spread it in the Mississippi River. Going to come back together and going to be the person that you was. And your spirit is going to enter that body. And the Bible says that our bodies will be changed, boom, in a twinkling of an eye. Before you can blink your eyes, your body is going to be changed. I don't know about y'all, but I'm looking forward to Resurrection Sunday. And if the Lord, if God allows Jesus to come back before we have to see the grave, you ain't got to worry about it because the Bible says they that remain on the earth shall be caught up. The dead in Christ going to rise. They that are alive and remain shall be caught up with him in the air, and forever shall we be with the Lord. You ain't got to worry about your folk that died in Christ. They're going to get up. Paul said, don't worry about it. We ain't going to hinder them. We're going to be caught up with them together, and we're going to be with the Lord forever. That's what you hang your hat on. He's risen. I say he's risen, and because he's risen, he has empowered me and you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Enable us to live a righteous life for the Lord Jesus. If you're not a child of God, you need to be this morning. You need to say, I'm coming to Jesus today. Somebody said, preacher, how do you come? You heard the word. Believe the same. Repent of your sins. Confess Jesus as the Son of God. And we will baptize you this morning for the remission of your sins. That's your, that's, your, that's your decision. You are in the valley of decision this morning. What decision will you make? Will you say, I'm coming to Jesus this morning? Will you say, I want to be baptized for the remission of my sins? He'll wash away all your sins. You can start brand new on today. Or you may be a child of God. You got sin in your life and you want to make things right with him on today. Why don't you come?